it's Renee. Hi! Here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And I'm so excited because we have a fabulous guest today, which is Jatan. Uh, he is our guest and he is a wine writer and also a sommelier. Uh, so excited to have him here. And I'm excited because he's here. So we need to elect him into the room. So we need to go ahead and do that. So I'll just come around and do that right now. Same to you. So excited to have you here. I'm like, my mind is blown. I'm excited. <laughs> it's like, it's like so much for joining Thank us you. here at the Rosie Hour, uh, our take on happy hour, if you will. Um, and I'm so excited to be talking to you. I've been following you, slightly stalking because you are just so amazing. Uh, sommelier, wine writer, influencer, and you're into the arts industry and everything, and you just do so much, and I hear there's a baby on the way, so, so much <laughs> happening with you, and we're going to get into all of that, but want to open up with, one, what are you drinking today? So, so, we're in Spain today, uh, we're talking about the Miravitas, uh, Rosé of Pinot Noir, um, this is a really interesting wine. I uh, was helping um, with uh, a couple places out of Spain. They sent me a bunch of wine so I can judge them. They're going to be doing this, I guess, competition. So I got a chance to like try wines I have never got a chance to try before. And this one kind of stood out to me. So I was like, I wanted. So I was like, I wanted to bring this on camera and taste it in front of everybody. Oh, okay, okay. So everybody, this is like a world premiere happening live in front of you. <laughs> What's the lifetime opportunity to see this? <laughs> yeah, I could go over it really quick with you. Uh, so with this one, um, I love the color, first of all. I mean, it's kind of electric. You can see that pink just jumping out of the glass at you. And then uh, on the nose, kind of like this wild strawberry, a little bit of tart cherry going on there. Some hibiscus, like uh, kind of like a, a, hibiscus, a hibiscus thing going on with a little bit of like green herbs, too. And... All right, I've been smelling too much. Let me just drink it because I feel like I'm, I want to sip. So. No, no, we are here for you to savor, smell, all of the things swirling. Oh, yeah. Delicious. So it starts off angular. Um, good amount of acid here. Um, tight uh, tart cherry is the one that introduces itself to my palate first. As it transitions, you get a little bit more of that wild strawberry kicking in, some of the herbs kicking in the third quarter. And you have this really, really nice, long finish. It doesn't drop at all in the palate. It just kind of stays seamless throughout the palate. And I dig it. I like the acid here. It elevates it at the finish. So it's like one you can drink by itself or pair with food. It's really, really fun wine. See, look at this. We just kicked off the rosé hour with a tasting with a sommelier, like world premiere. Your first time like tasting this. What's the name of the rosé again? It's called Maravitas, and it's rosé Pinot Noir. So instead of like a Spanish grape, they're actually doing a, um, a French grape, you know, Burgundy, Burgundian grape. So, People getting educated yep. in the first three minutes. Look at that. I'm <laughs> here for this. So, John, so exciting. Like, you're you're already showing people what a sommelier is, and I'm, I'm glad we're already hopping into it. But, like, let's talk about you. Like, who are you? Where are you from? How did you get involved into this whole wine industry like how did you get started really quick before i get into it i have to ask you return the favor what are you sipping oh well um, i don't know if you guys saw but i posted earlier that last night i had to break open a bottle because it was a very 
Mm. Long day, and I started with brown estates rosé. So I just, uh, you know, just kept it going. So I'm drinking brown estates rosé. So how's the rosé brown estates? I think I did a review on that one um, last month. Yeah, I did a review on that one. I like, I really, really like that one. Really it delicious. Good. It is yeah. very delicious, and I love the label because it shows like a black woman, and this is Women's History Month, so I'm so excited about that. So I love to celebrate, you know, who we are. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. Now I'll answer your question. Um, so when I, uh, it was weird. I was in college, and I had never drank. I had never tasted alcohol in my life. Like I was, I come from a family that is very uh, religious. My dad's a preacher, and so. Uh, there was no alcohol in the house except for the little bit of alcohol that my mom would sneak, like drinking wine and stuff when my dad wasn't around. And so uh, I would see her sipping wine every once in a while but, uh, with my aunts and stuff. But other than that, there was no alcohol in the house. And so when I went off to college, um, the first couple years, I was like, I'm still not going to touch anything. I don't feel like touching anything. But I was living in this apartment um, right off campus in San Jose State. And in this apartment complex, there's a crew i mean really there's a bunch of people that uh like people my age at the time that were heavy drinkers and i was the only one that never drank so my birthday's in january uh january 26th and so new year's eve you know it, it is right before my birthday and i told him a week prior to new year's eve before i was going to turn 21 the next next month i said this is your guys's chance to get me drunk so i uh they tried to get me drunk and i realized i had a high tolerance and once i realized that i said and i'm gonna continue with this drinking thing <laughs> i'm gonna go broke because it's like how do you <laughs> like you're gonna spend all this money just to kind of get drunk and i was like and I, that's not really my thing either so i was like okay so what's gonna separate me from everybody else what, what am i gonna want to sip on and not try to go broke but also of course you're in college and there's women around what's gonna separate you from the rest of the guys you know with the women and so i was like well you know women like wine i'll try a little bit and i started sipping wine and then i got into the history aspect of it because i'm really into history and ever since then, I've just been kind of uh, on this train. I haven't been able to jump off. I, I really, really love wine. Like, as you guys can tell, I do all these reviews and stuff. But I really, really love wine. And so that's what really got me into it. And then I kind of transitioned from there to uh, blog writing and then personal shop, personal personal buying and stuff like that. So that was, that's kind of how I got into the wine. Wow, so, okay. So, like, ladies and wine is really, like, how in budgeting. I love that. Yeah. Like, really kind of it all together and like you know college we all learn a lot about ourselves and you were like hey i'm here in college uh i gotta be on a budget i like to drink my tolerance is a little bit up there uh but you know what ladies love wine i'm a preacher's kid i ain't trying to do too much yeah trying to find misses you know you know so <laughs> i see what you were doing you had a goal you, you you had a goal in mind and you used sort of like a strategic plan if you will to yeah. get to a goal i i'm here for it How i was trying my best i was trying my best it was fun it was like because i was the only one out of my crew that was into wine and everybody's looking at me crazy like what are you doing like you know we drink any and i drink don't get it twisted I, I like cognac and all that stuff too but like I don't know, I went straight for the wine. And uh, now that all my friends who were not into it before, all of them are into wine now. It's like, we go out, it's like, yo, uh, whatever he's having, I want the same glass. I'm like, yeah, that's, it just is what it is. So I love it, though. I love it. Okay. I was broke, though, in college. You know, you're trying to figure it out. So I mean, can't... glass of wine is a real thing in college. You yep. know, and the big jugs, you know, hey, Trade you got to do what you do. Those was a godsend. <laughs> okay, so, so, so after college, 
you are working in the world, mm. you took your little tenderoni from college that you were having your wine Wednesdays with. I'm, I'm sure that you, you you made your decision and you brought her to the real world, whatever <laughs> transition from your ladies' night and wine and dining. Um, but like, how how did you then make that next step to be like, okay, I want to make a career into this? So originally it was just, again, it was, I hate to say it like this, but it's the truth. Um, it was kind of like a, a card that I would pull out, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I was never planning on getting into wine, being honest with you. Like, I just, I went to school for business and then, um, but I, what I, my love was writing. That's always been my love. It's just, it's been writing, but I knew I couldn't make a lot of money in it. So I went into business originally when I went to college and as I'm there, uh, after college, I'm like, I get into, I'm uh, doing marketing for AT&T. So I'm working through AT&T corporate, uh, in San Jose and, um, it was a great job. I mean, I was getting paid a lot of money, but I hated it. Like as great as it was, as far as the money goes, like the culture of corporate, the uh, just the ideas of having to sometimes not be fully honest with the customer uh, when you're talking to them about like you know maybe something their service went out or whatever, and you can't tell them the truth um, about why it went out. Uh, that kind of weighed on me, you know, being a preacher's father sometimes. That honesty thing, that guilt of like not being fully honest. Can uh, you know kind of bite you in the butt? So that was uh, kind of what was going on with me. And uh, I, throughout that time, I was still drinking wine a lot. I was going to tastings. Uh, a couple of my fr uh, other brothers that I went to school with at San Jose State were getting into wine too. So they were like, "Well, let's just do this wiki thing." We were we were going to a wine bar in this place called Campbell, and um, right right outside of San Jose. And uh, we were drinking there every Thursday. We'd go there, meet up after work. Uh, all those guys are corporate too, or work corporate. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing now. Uh, we'd sit there and we'd drink and got really friend, like big friends with the uh, owner of their Carol. And, you know, we just had a lot of fun with it. As I'm finally getting out of the corporate world, um, about eight years, nine years later, um, I was still doing wine. And by this time, I started doing blogs. Like, you know, I was always about finding the value for people because I, I remember being in college and not being able to afford like really, really nice bottles of wine. So I had to figure out, you know, you know, all these other wines out of Trader Joe's and Bevmo and all this other stuff. So I, I wrote this one called goodwineschief.blogspot.com. Still up. I mean, I just I haven't been on it in years, but it's, it's still up. And I, some of my original posts, I started off there. And then I transitioned from there to doing um, private buying for people. So I was helping people set up their wine collections, wine sellers, very small collections. Um, and that made me want to go get my certification uh, as a song because I was figuring out. I was like, okay, I'm a brother and I'm walking in these rooms and they're looking at me me i can already see the looks like who's this guy what does he think you know about wine and stuff so i need for me i feel like i need something to legitimize myself so that's why i went to go get my certification wow okay and there's like a lot of love in the comment section i don't know if you see it we're reading it people are like he's so smart he's so much fun you're amazing boo like i think you're y'all <laughs> <laughs> thank like, you there's a few questions too which are like really amazing questions like one question was um like what was your first wine and would you go back to it considering like you were in college being you know uh financially challenged we could call it broke we were just in different times in college yes. right we had yes. we had children's money now we have adult money exactly so, <laughs> exactly you, you can put a little wine. bit more yeah so, <laughs> do you remember it because i i remember my first wine um i remember i don't remember my first wine but i do remember the first wine that i had that uh there was Two of them, it was two different times, but the first one I had that I really was like, oh, I need to know more about, about this juice, 
Um, it was like, a, uh, everybody has that aha moment with wine. This was the first one I ever had. Um, and I would go back to it because I have. Uh, every once in a while, just to see if like, it's still as good as it used to be. I mean, we're talking about like over 15, 16, 17 years ago. But um, I had this bottle of Juan Gil out of Spain. And I remember trying it. And prior to that, so we had a friend that used to take us to dinners all the time. He was, out of the whole crew, he was the only one that had his own business in college. And he was making a lot of money. And so his uh, accountant said he had to write off some stuff. So he decided on this thing where I'll take my whole crew out once a week to like really nice dinners and uh, we'll drink wine and, you know, talk and about what's going on in the week and we'll just do it once a week. And we did it for like over a year he would do this. Like every single week he'd take us out to dinner. And I was always met the guy who was going to pick the wine, but he was, always, he was in the game of wine a little bit longer than me. So I remember we were sitting there one time and I ordered this bottle of wine gill. We pour it and then I... Uh, I take, we all take a sip. I take my sip and I'm like, this is good to the waiter. And then uh, my boy, Nick, he says, hey, man, he's all, uh, take that sip again and let some air in when you do it this time. I'm just curious to know uh, if it changes for you. Of course, he's setting me up. I didn't know this before. I didn't know how people did this. But he's like, just let a little bit of air in. A little bit, let a little bit of air in it and the whole thing changed dr drastically. And I said, oh, I didn't know this. Like, cause for, at first it was just red fruit, you know, red and black fruit to me. And I'm like, this is good. It, it seems balanced or whatever. Once you let the air in, you get these earthy notes. You get these tertiary notes. You get all this stuff that you would never have found in uh, a wine before because you didn't let air in. So from that point on, I was like, oh, I'm letting air in all my wines. Like, I'm decanting. I'm like, you know, doing the whole thing. I don't care how crazy I look in the restaurant. It is what it is. You know, I'm in there sipping and, I, and I'm letting air in. I'm making that sound. And people looking at me, I'm like, it is what it is. I'm enjoying the wine. I'm enjoying the whole atmosphere. So no, yeah, and that's and that's amazing because like one experience, right? And one homeboy like changed your life. You know, you never knew that this homeboy would be like, yo. It, it feels like what's the movie? I don't know. Go ahead with any Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> The Wolf of Wall Street or something. Or something, yeah. Right. It opens up your eyes. Yeah. I mean, I used to eat steak. I see eat, eat steak totally different too. Now, after going to dinners with this guy and the whole crew, like, I don't know, man. I never knew that you were supposed to eat it like medium. I was always like, you know, well done because that's how I cut. That's where I come from. My family's like, we eat steak with no no red, no pink. Like, it's well done. I can't touch that stuff now. I'm all about medium. And I was a lot of stuff. I took a lot of nuggets from those dinners. We had a lot of great conversations over food and wine. Yeah. He's still my boy to this day. He's one of my best friends. Like, he's a really cool guy. Aww. Okay, so I gotta ask, do you guys still go to dinner once a week? No, 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 no. We, we still, when, when he's up here visiting from uh, Southern California, we definitely all uh, get out and like hang out and have some glasses of wine and talk a lot of mess, business too, because we do kind of like uh, lean on each other for, like we all kind of consult with each other and lean on each other for information that maybe we don't have. But yeah, he is, he's just a stellar dude. He's one of my favorite people in the world. There's a lot of questions in the comments and I have a lot of questions too. But I'm going to go okay. to the comments because, like, there are rapid fire. Like, people are like, I want to know more about this dude. Like, <laughs> we don't just go to the comments here. So what's your favorite bridal? And then also, what's one wine you don't like? Okay. So I'll talk about my favorite. I always like to enter in the conversation on the positive side first. So my favorite varietal right now, it's hard because I, it depends on my time, like the time of day and like whether it's a cold season or a hot season. Um, but I've been into reds lately because it's kind of been a little chilly out here, uh, like more full body reds. 
And my my original favorite varietal used to be Carmenere uh, out of uh, out of Chile. I just I just love that it's a Bordeaux varietal that's no longer grown in Bordeaux and it's taking on its own identity. And there's like really cool herbal things going on there, green uh, vegetal things, and like really really dark deep fruit. Um, but it's not Carmenere anymore. It's still up there, but it's not my favorite anymore. My favorite varietal right now is Syrah. Um, I love Syrah. I didn't get enough praise and enough love from people. Um, it's just one of those dynamic grapes that when you place it somewhere, when it's grown somewhere, it takes on the identity of that area. But you also get, like, on the deep cut side, you also get some of that stuff that you normally get out of Syrah, like, you know, black pepper and, uh, you know, like, cured meat stuff on the nose. No, it's really, really cool. I love that. I love that one a lot. Wow. People are like, yes, brother, preach. Uh, <laughs> you know yo, you know this stuff is what people are saying. This is amazing. Okay, so I want to go into sort of like how you take your passion, which everybody clearly sees, right, of wine, and also your other passion of writing, right? And everybody is not a writer. Trust me, I know. <laughs> I see people's writing. Uh, everybody can't. <laughs> You'd be like, ooh, what are, what are you trying to say? I can't get it. But like you definitely are an amazing writer. Uh, people feel like they are wherever you're trying to take them, right? They can visualize the words off the page and like they're taken away by mm -hmm. what you're trying to convey to them. So like, how did you sort of like come to this place where you're able to take both of those passions and put them together? Oh man, this is a, uh, interesting. So why, why was part of the process for writing in college? Um, what I would do, this is, kind of crazy to say it's so funny because I, I went when I was in corporate America I wasn't doing this anymore because I couldn't my uh, schedule had changed but now like after I got into the industry my schedule was like late nights again kind of like back in the day when I was in college so in college I was a partier you know me and my boys would go out almost every night downtown and just you know we we'd be doing our thing we we'd, we'd go party Drink, have a good time, meet girls, whatever. Meet women, I should say, not girls, because that's what I was talking about. I was about to say, because you're over not, the age now. You not the girls. I was, women. Yeah. <laughs> I was not doing nothing crazy. But no, so I would, uh, we'd all go party. It'd be two o'clock in the morning. I'd come home, and while everybody else is going to sleep, I'd be up there writing. I'd be sitting there till, from about two to maybe about four or five in the morning. I'm sitting there writing. And some of my other homeboys that were writers, too, knew to come by at this time because they would want to get some writing done too. So my apartment became like a little bit of like a, a, a place where some creative cr creators would come by at around two o'clock in the morning, you know, and do whatever they're doing. And they drink some wine with me and, you know, it was cool. We had a good time. And so while I was there, wine was like, it was, I'd get, get a bottle, I'd pour my glass and I'd be sitting there writing for hours with my, my glass. Doing that kind of when I, when I got in corporate for a while, I would say I was probably about three years in um, at at and and I was getting angry for no reason. I could not understand. I was just getting, like everything was setting me off. My temper was like I don't know, and I'm not a I don't know a person who has a temper like that. Like I'm really I'm laid back, you know. I don't like I try not to let a lot of things affect me like that. Um, but I was getting angry for no reason. And one night I'm sitting at my at my uh, in my spot in Fremont. My lady's sleep, and I'm down here, and I'm just like. Frustrated, I was like, you know what? I haven't, you know what I haven't done in a long time. I feel like I need to go write. So I grabbed me a bottle, went on my patio, and I just started writing. And all that stuff, all that built-up angst, all that those issues just went away. And I said, this is what I've been forgetting to do. I haven't written anything in like three years, like really written anything in three years. And it was building up. And you know, people say that if you're not 
if you have a passion for something, or you are you are brought on this earth to do something, if you're not doing it, it's it's going to affect you. And that's what I, I've been. I think I I feel like I've been on brought to this earth to write. And so if that's what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm not doing it, of course it's going to affect my mood. And so that wine plays a part in my process, but you know, writing is the thing that I, I really really am passionate about. No, that's so important, and I'm glad you brought that point up about like if you're not doing something like that you're supposed to be doing like the purpose of you being on this planet like you're going to feel that frustration and also like you're going to be forced to do it some way somehow you're going to end up doing yeah. it and i'm glad that you channeled it and also like hi you're doing it with another passion like you did a good pairing like you paired wine <laughs> and red like that's yeah. so amazing like Everybody ain't able, so. <laughs> also, then, like, actually, you know what? I forgot to let me answer this too, because you did ask me this question, and I just—I don't think I fully answered it. Um, so I wrote a book called Fruit and Glass. It's a wine book, right? The way this book came about was the same dude that I was talking about that used to take us out to uh, dinner. His, his uh, thing is, he's a writer, and he's uh, written a lot of business books, so he makes his money off of that. And uh, one day, he's like, "Dude, just come to lunch with me." And we're just hanging out at lunch, um, and he's like, "You know what you do with the." Wine stuff. Why don't you? You're a writer. Why don't you write a book about it? I was like, eh, I don't know. And I started picking his brains. I was like, Why am I not writing a book about wine? This makes no sense. And so, the wine and the and the, and the, and the writing just kind of went hand in hand after that. I was like, Okay, I'm gonna do a couple of these. <laughs> right. I've been rocking with ever since. Yeah. Well, and, and so like, it also is lucrative, right? Because I think people, and especially you know, I hate to say it this way, but uh, it is a reality. Us as minorities, people of color. We don't see these types of opportunities yeah. normally in our everyday lives. Like, unless you have grown up, uh, unfortunately, in those kind of environments, we don't see it every day. Like, if you're not around it, you won't know. And like you said, you grew up in a very Christian, faith-based home. Uh, so yeah. how would you know that that was a career opportunity? So thankfully, you had a friend who kind of knew that you could yeah. combine that together and was like, hey, let me give you a little nudge. Like, go ahead and put that together. Pair that together. Yeah. I love the pair. Yeah. <laughs> He's known for this, though. He does this with everybody. He just, uh, he just sees things in people and he like, hey, man, why aren't you doing this? And he'll just, and the person will be like, well, I don't know. And then like, next thing you know, they're doing that. Like, yo, why didn't I think of this before? You know, this only makes sense. So he's been that guy for a lot of people. He's just, like I said, he's a good dude. Okay, so another thing is you do art too. So like yeah. you have a lot of artwork that you put out there. So like, there's just a whole other component you have. So can you talk more about like the art space that you're in as well? Yeah. So uh, art is something I've always been into. I cannot paint or draw for anything. This is not stuff that I've done myself. Um, this is stuff that I have a con, I'm, I'm very creative. So my mind is always like coming up with different concepts and cool things. And I came up with some concepts that I kind of wanted to put on canvas just for myself originally. And so I reached out to a, a guy who I know is a pretty damn good artist. And um, now what happens is I will basically come up with a concept send it to him, he'll kind of draw out, like sketch what he thinks my thing is. We'll go back and forth and then, um, then we'll come, we'll nail down what I want. And then, you know, then I'll take that art, put it on canvas and people can just buy it anytime from my Etsy shop. And I do a lot, of, I do all this thing where I want a wearable art too. So like, it's not just on canvas. A lot of, I have a lot of shirts that have, that mirror the canvas print that uh, is available. So I like to have it where you can walk around with it, and, you know, have it on your wall. 
Really okay, up to you. Sorry, I, I'm pointing to your shirt. Oh yeah, Liquid That's Lunch. <laughs> yeah, so this is Liquid Lunch. Uh, this is uh, one of my favorite ones. It's just a basic, uh, it's, it's basic to me, but I love the idea of like, I worked at a wine bar for, since 2013, and, was, and uh, recently we just closed up. I was the wine director there, for, like the last year and a half. And uh, I used to wear my Liquid Lunch there and people would just love it because, you know, they're in there drinking wine and they're having a good time. It's just a really cool concept, I think so. Okay. So yeah. I, I think there's one more component I want to talk about, which is the education, right? Because yeah. you're a writer, you're an artist, but also that sommelier. And one thing you mentioned early on was you got the certification because you wanted to walk in rooms and be like spades card on the table. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Yep. <laughs> so can you talk through like what that process was? Um, and like more specifically for you, like how you felt going through it, because, you know, we can talk generally about like, okay, you did the W set, you did the master, whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like how you felt, like what, what it meant to you and like what you were experiencing when you were going through it. So the one thing, I mean, I mean, and I know you've probably interviewed so many black wine professionals that have said the same thing and they go into a tasting room, they're sitting, they kind of feeling like, a little bit out, like, they don't feel like they're taking care of it all the time. Like, they see everyone else is being taken care of initially, unless they start talking the wine stuff, and then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, who is this person, you know? So, yes, definitely had those same experiences. Uh, when I went to get my certification, um, it was interesting. I had, uh, I had just left Eno, or sorry, I just, not Eno, I just left uh, AT&T, and um, I would take that. I took some of the money that I got as a severance from leaving because they closed down my office. So I had an option of like going to another office or taking this, taking that severance and living my life. And that's what I got to the severance and went and paid for uh, getting my certification. It was, uh, when I got in class, the first couple of days, it felt weird. You know, I'm, I felt a little out of place because again, there was no black people at that over there. There was no black people in my class. Um, and then as time progressed and people started to get to know each other and you know now I'm family and like a lot of these people I still talk to all the time um and I got mine in 2012 and so like I still am friends with a lot of these people um I love it I love that I went through the court um I don't like what I've seen from the court in recent years uh and that's not the full court I love some of those guys over there but um there's just been a lot of you know a lot of stuff going on that I don't agree with um and so it, it, it's kind of been, for me, it's a love-hate relationship. Love-dislike, not hate. Love-dislike relationship. You're with like, there's room for opportunity for growth. Exactly. Exactly. And I, it, but it, it is a hell of a process. I, mean, I, I enjoy going to class and, like, doing these, we do these theory, we do theory for, like, the first few hours, and then the last hour we're tasting, and we're breaking down wines. I enjoy that process. I enjoy kind of find, figuring out how to blind taste and stuff. Not to say that I'm great at it anymore, I'm not as, my tools are not as sharp as they used to be. Uh, I think I've been uh, doing lists for too long, but um, I do miss the process of blind tasting, like trying to figure it out on the fly, trying to figure out little tips and like little uh, tricks and uh, clues to figure out whether this is a Cabernet Sauvignon or a Pinot Noir, or, you know, things like that, or a Syrah or a Tempranillo, you know, there's like little things that you can learn. You can learn to blind taste. Um, even if your palate is not amazing, you can learn to blind taste if you know what to look for. And I feel like um, that was fun learning those tips uh, in class with, these, with, with some of these some of these folks. So 
yeah so what would you say to someone who is interested in becoming you know sort of like certified um or you know they're starting their journey and like want to become like a wine writer or you know they're just getting their foot wet into the wine industry like what would be some encouraging words you would have for them the first thing i say to anybody and i've talked to this i've talked to numerous people and have coached people through like the first level of you know getting their uh going for their certification the first level some stuff um first thing i always say once you are trying to get into the industry do harvest first best way to get into the industry is do harvest at a at like a vineyard because they're always looking for work they're not going to turn you down you have to know you have to wake up early you're going to be able doing a lot of work um and you take those chances when you're doing harvest to talk to the winemaker you know pick their brain because if you get in good with the winemaker a lot of times they're going to ask you later on if they can't do it at that point they can do it later they're going to ask you to come back and maybe they got a job for you in the tasting room or maybe they got a job for you as an as like you know like an internship or something you know uh that's what i would say for most people if they're trying to get into the industry because it is a little harder unless you have like a certification or some kind of like um you know w set or something to get into the industry a lot of times they uh they won't look at you without having one of those pieces of paper but if you go through um a vineyard and a lot of times that's gonna you, you, you can win most of the time doing that that's what and it's once you get into the industry it's a fun industry wine people i feel are like some of the best people in the world uh the genuine ones not the ones who are doing it for the look because there's a lot of that uh but the people that are really like genuine genuinely about the the, the juice and like hands in the soil and like really want to understand what's going on and how nature affects um grape growing and how it's cyclical the seasons it, for me, I feel like those those people are amazing, and they will give you the shirt off their back um, anytime you need it. I, I mean, that's just that's been my you know what I've seen in the industry. Cool. Now, one last question before we wrap up, because I know again you're on Baby Watch. You got a lot <laughs> happening over there, and you got an amazing bottle of rosé that you are tasting and sampling for for everybody today. But one. I know how can people contact you by your books and your art as well okay so basically the, the uh if you're looking to get my art and like you know gear uh, i have an etsy uh page is fruit in glass gear dot etsy dot com um fruit in glass gear dot etsy dot com um if you're looking for the books uh my company's called grapes and sand publishing um and you can go to grapesandsand.com. Um, that's for all, all the books. I do also sell some books on Etsy too, so you can you can probably find some over there too if you're if you don't want to go all the way to Grapes and Sand too. Um, but that's where you can find me. Um, and I'm always online, and I'm I do two shows a week. I do a Wine Wednesday every single week. Got over 230 episodes of that. Um, and basically, I just do a review of a wine. And then I do my my favorite one out of the two. I love Wine Wednesday. It's great. It's the one that's been going the longest. My favorite one is the Wine Still of the Week, which I do every Friday. I post every Friday. The reason I love this one is because, again, I'm about the value, right? And so I try to find something that, that is a, a bottle every single week that is under twenty dollars, that's punching above its weight class, that you can find at a Total Wines or like somewhere local to you, hopefully. And you um and I review it on camera. I have not giving everyone the great reviews sometimes they're not so great but some of the ones that are great are really really good finds and i do that every friday i normally drop it around six or seven o'clock every friday p.m uh you know western time 
West Coast. Um, yeah, yeah, West Coast time. And yeah, that's that's what I do. So I'm always online there. You can always DM me if you have any wine questions. I give text messages randomly from people I don't even know saying I'm at Safeway. I'm making a rib rib roast. Uh, what wine do you suggest to pair with this? I mean, I get them all the time. So it's just one of those things I'm, I've gotten used to. Um, and also, I'm not in a rush to go, just being honest. <laughs> if you want to go a little bit longer and answer any questions, yeah. any more questions, then do I don't mind doing that. I'm, I'm not in a rush to I yeah. this one question that someone had, and it was, if they wanted to start a wine cellar, what are some basic wines that they should use to start that cellar? So first of all, you have to go with either high acid wines or, or very tannic wines. The reason being is those are the ones that age a little bit better. Uh, for example, grapes, tannic grapes. Let's talk about that. Uh, Cabernet Sauvignon tends to be a grape. Not always, because they're different step wine-making styles, but Cabernet Sauvignon tends to be a grape that you can age for a very long time because they tend to be, when they're young, they're very tannic and it's hard to get to the fruit. Um, so Cabernet Sauvignon, Nebbiolo is my favorite for red wine to age because Nebbiolo, I don't care how much you soften it up with the oak that it's now being, you know, aged in, it's still, specifically like Barolo and Barbarescos, uh, Northern Italy, Piedmont, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, I'm not going to assume, but Nebbiolos or Barolo, you know, Barbarescos, those things can sit down for like 20 years and not break a sweat because of the tannins are so big once they, once you, if you were to pop them the year that they come out, you're not going to get to the fruit at all. And you're going to be like, what is this? I hate this. This is austere and it's tart and it's, you know, angular, but you let that thing sit down and that baby starts singing after about 10 years. And I think that's the way to go if you're trying to, if those are grapes to look at to age initially. Uh, we're in a different type time right now where uh, we're in the pop and pour era where a lot of wines are made to be drunk young. Um, and I understand that. I have no problem with a lot of the natural wines are made to be drunk young. They're not made to age anymore. And there's a place for that. I have nothing against those type of wines. I drink a lot of them. Uh, Two Shepherds is one of my favorites, by the way. Um, but if you're trying to age, Age the wines, you got you got to lean more towards like the old school like grapes, like the cabs, the cabs, the uh, Cabernet Francs age very well. Um, Tanats can age pretty well. Again, Nebbiolo is one, um, and acid too. That's another thing. Riesling for white grapes to me is one of the best aging white grapes. Period. You would think because people would think of reason they think sweetness, um, whether. It's dry or sweet, they tend to age very well because they're naturally one of the highest acidic grapes, like naturally. And so they'll sit down and they'll age for a long period of time. I've had one from my year, my birth year, 1981. I had one from 1981 and it was singing. So, yeah, that's what I would be looking at. High acid grapes and uh, naturally tannic grapes to sit down and age. That is my birth year as well. So, woo -woo. all <laughs> babies. Uh, we're the best of the yes. 80s group. Uh, Agreed. Officially the 80s. Uh, mm -hmm. you know. um, I don't know about everybody else is but we're the 80s. <laughs> we did this first. I mean, I guess there's 1980, but like, mm, you know, yeah. I don't really trust them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to your point, like, I like to, I want to try like more wines of the year I was born, right? Because yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I just want to see like what was going on like what were people thinking in that that vintage and that that era because i feel yeah. like a lot was transitioning 
like yes. not only in the world, but like in the industry too. So like hearing what you just said there, I, I, I'm really interested in that. Yeah. Okay, there's a lot of questions coming in. Um, people want you the deal. Oh no, there's there's deals going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your petite Sarah? I can't get it now that you love. Uh, uh, someone said 83 was a good year. Ooh, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there, there's like a rose deal going on. Oh my god. I, I'm not surprised. I know some of these people. They're hustlers. They get the stuff like, like a whole whole thing thing going on. So if you're not right now. Get in the dead because <laughs> I, I think it's Gui. How do you say that? Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Gui Rose. Oh, Gui. Gui, Gui uh, Rose. Oh my God. Yeah. That's my boy Sam. Sam Para. Yeah. He he's working this. He's working this chat, honey. Because I'm going to put him he makes outstanding wines. He actually, uh, the book, uh, It's a Vibe. Uh, yeah, it's right here. Uh, it's a Vibe, the cookbook I just published for uh, Armando Tam. Um, we have recipes in it. And um, Parra, Sam Parra, Parra Wines is actually one of the, one of his wines made the book. He makes outstanding wines. I love his, he's, he's doing a cool thing in Oregon where uh, he's using some Spanish varietals, uh, going out there and he's uh, following some Tempranillos. I just had his Tempranillo. Uh, a few months ago was outstanding. Um, he just does a really good job. And I mean, he's a hustler, so he gets down. He's not playing around. Listen, I'm um, here for what he's doing in the chat. I'm like, yeah. on every block, sir. I'm here for it. That's my uh, guy. So someone wants you to recommend uh, a Petit Syrah, uh please, that you have in your repertoire. If you have something for everybody. My, my, I would say my favorite is Theopolis. Um, I've had a lot of different Petit Syrahs. And I dig them. Um, but Theopolis tends to be, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Theopolis. Uh, she um, owns Theopolis Vineyards over in Mendocino area. Um, and I remember having her Petit Syrah at a, a tasting probably about three, no longer than that now because we have the, the whole pandemic, probably about four or five years ago. And I was just like, wow, this is delicious. So she's probably doing the best petite that I've had in a long time. Another one too is Sunset Cellars. Um, over there in uh, Susan City, Susan Valley. Um, they make an outstanding Petite Syrah. Um, yeah, those are, those would be two off the head. I know I'm forgetting something. My friends who I, I know make Petite Syrah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm totally blanking, but those are the two that I would say off the top. Of, those are the ones I really lean on okay. for if I'm looking for well, a this, Petite Syrah. This is the rosé hour, so top five rosés that you like. I don't know if you know this, but Beauregard does a really good one. Now uh, um, got me thinking. Hold on, Beauregard does one really well. Uh, Two Shepherds is one of my favorites. Uh, it's yeah, I love Two Shepherds. Caraccioli, um, the sparkling rosé. Caraccioli uh, is a sparkling house out of. Uh, they have a tasting room right there in Carmel. They. They source their fruit from, uh, I believe, Santa Cruz Mountains. And um, to me, they do the best sparkling, probably the best sparkling in California, in my opinion. Uh, their rosé is a steal. It's, it's, I mean, it's ridiculously good. Um, Soder does a really good one out of Oregon. Um, rosé and Pinot Noir, that's a delicious one. Uh, and there's one 
that I, is on the tip of my tongue. And I, of course, Parra does a really good one. Um, so that's five. I know I'm missing one and I'm going to be really kick myself in the ass later for not remembering. But yeah. Well, those and, are the and this is like rapid fire, so that's okay. Yeah. No one's going to hold you to it. And, and this is the other question too, because like Rosé, I think gets like a weird, you know, sort of like um, name in the wine world. Like some people are like, oh, it's like a summertime drink. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, well, oh, it's really good. sweet. Or, mm -hmm. you know, it's always something with rosé, right? It's just never yeah. like, I I can enjoy it, unless you're like a person who gets it, right? So like, yeah. how can how can you explain rosé to someone who's like, oh, I don't like rosé? I just keep on putting glasses in front of them until they cave. Because <laughs> being honest with you, rosé is one of, those, one of those things that is, to me, I think it's an all, all year drink. You can drink it any to any season. It's it's marrying two different worlds, red and white. You're you're marrying these worlds together in a rosé. And I don't care what people think about how it looks for guys to drink it. I don't care what they're saying. It's delicious. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm on the dry uh, rosé side, so that's where I tend to lean towards. But even if you like the fruit forward ones or the sweeter ones, that's fine too. I don't have a problem with rosé at all. I think it's one of the uh, it's my go to, my 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 day to day go to if I'm drinking something. So I love rosé and um, yeah. Okay. Oh, did I answer your question? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that answers the question perfectly fine. Um, and then I think I'm going to wrap up with this question, which I think many people are starting to have this kind of question, right? Okay. If you can go to Oregon and take yourself out of California, okay, Oregon, California wine tasting, where would you pick? It's easy for me just be, and I, even taking myself out of California, I'm still going to say California. The only reason I say California, though, no diss on Oregon. I love Oregon. Um, and I think, again, Sam is doing a really good job of having some Spanish grapes over there. I've also seen some people doing playing around with Grenache over there. But all in all, it's very linear. It's like they focus on mainly two, ma two main grapes, Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. And although they have these other things kind of popping up now, for the most part, they're Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. The thing about California that I love is the um, it's very diverse. There's all these microclimates all over the place, and so you have all these crazy uh, vineyards and like regions everywhere in California that they're making grapes across the across like the whole platform. Like you're looking at, I think I had re recently a uh, uh, what did I have? I had a uh, somebody was actually growing Carmen Year over in Santa Clara Valley, uh, which you know, you don't see that too often. That's a Carmen Year from there. Um, I had a uh, Tariga Nacional, which is a Portuguese varietal from something out of some some place out of Foothills, uh, which is going north from where I'm at in California. Of course, you have, you know, Pinot Gris, Pinot Blancs. You have all these different varietals being grown in California. You go down to Paso Robles, and you're talking about, like, Rome, like, country, like, all these different Grenaches and Syrahs and you know, it's just all I love that about California. It's very diverse. Um, not all of them are making great, but some of them are amazing. I've had a Nebbiolo, which I would have never thought anything from California Nebbiolo would be good. And I had one from this guy Harrington. Unfortunately, he doesn't make wine anymore. Uh, but this guy Harrington, and it blew my mind. I was like, this is the closest thing I've ever come to as a Nebbiolo to like Piemonte in Northern Italy. This is that good. It's I mean, we used to have it on tap, and we. The whole staff used to <laughs> dip into that wine a little bit too much. It was it was it was a staff they favorite. Got the itches for it. Okay? Yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Okay. Well, so. Well, okay, I'm gonna extend it a little bit. Okay. Because 
that was an interesting one. So like Oregon or Texas? Oregon. Oregon. Um, Texas quality of wine, solid, uh, but not there yet. Oregon's world class right now with their wines. Like this, there's no getting around it. Oregon uh, is world class with winemaking. Um, and I mean, to a point, I think some of their Pinots have surpassed a lot of the ones in California, but not fully, because some of our Pinots out here are killer too. Um, not, I'm not gonna ever give over that crown to anybody else than us in, Cal in, in the United States for, uh, you know, Burgundy and varietals. But I, 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 I think they make some of the most outstanding Pinots, period. Um, and Chardonnay's out of um, Oregon. Okay, last one. Texas or New York? Ooh. Ugh. I know. Um, Notice I didn't throw Virginia in there. Yeah, because I, I would have went Virginia, went Virginia yeah. on that one. But um, I did that purposely. Smart. <laughs> I'm going to say, dang it. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say New York. Oh no, I don't know, oh, man. I, I, you know, I'm going to Texas. I'm sorry. Sorry, New York. Ah! I'm going to Texas. So going somebody to... else said Texas, and then yeah, also, I'm going what Texas. is a state that's it, not a wine state? And now be the final question. <laughs> every every state makes wine, uh, whether it's fruit wine or you know uh, regular grapes wine. Everyone makes wine, so there's not really a state that doesn't make wine. Period. Yeah. Now they may not just be the greatest wine. They just they might not be the greatest wine, but they, everybody makes wine. Um, I love Washington right now. Being honest with you, Washington wines are some of my favorite wines in the whole industry, uh, especially if you're looking for full body, like uh, Bordeaux varietals. Um, I I'm, I I want to go back out there so bad and taste. I really had such a good time. I went there for my birthday a few years ago, and tasted like I don't know on my birthday I tasted probably about. 30, 40 wines in one day, um, and uh, I was I was in heaven. Like you couldn't tell me nothing. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you couldn't tell me anything at that point. So yeah. Well, Jatan, this has been so much fun. We really appreciate you. We have to do this again uh, because you are a wealth of knowledge um, and also a ball of fun. I feel like we're back in college, and you know we're not out here looking for wine and women, but. <laughs> no, I'm. I've been my lady for 15 years. I'm not looking, I'm good. Like, we happy. <laughs> Congratulations. Wine is my only, is my only affair that I have is with wine. Yes, <laughs> right. Keep it that way, because there's a baby book. Uh, and we want to make sure this baby is coming in healthy uh, so that it can be the heir to some conglomerate of wine uh, writings that will be in the Smithsonian someday. So. I'm already taking notes. I'm excited. He's coming in uh, next month, and I'm, I cannot wait. I'm like, because we weren't, Originally, we weren't planning on having kids. We just wanted to be that couple that flew around the world and traveled and just had a good time and ate all these. We never wanted to have kids. And then, you know, we got surprised. And now, you it's just surprised. like, okay, let's go. Yeah, it was a great surprise. You had too much wine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a wine. Yeah, but no, we're super so happy right now. I can't wait till the little knucklehead comes out and uh, show me how to, how to be his father. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations to you. Thank you. And thank you again for being here today. We appreciate you. And uh, again, how can people purchase books and artwork and all your creative, amazing things? So again, you uh, for books, you want to go to grapesandsand.com. Grapesandsand.com. I love the beach and I love wine. So Grapes and Sand was why I came up with that title for the, uh, for the business. And then if you're looking for 
artwork, uh, you can't see it, but I have artwork up here. Uh, artwork, um, any of the like the wearable art, hats, anything like that, um, you go to fruitandglassgear.etsy.com and go check that out. Um, that's all. If you go to Instagram, you go to link my bio, you can check, check out everything. I have everything listed for you. Um, on top of that, if you guys get a chance, get this book. It's a vibe cookbook. It's the reason why we named it. It's a vibe. It was collaboration, first of all, with a lot of different uh, winemakers of color, women winemakers, uh, all in the book. So I did all the wine pairings for the, every recipe that he has in the book. Um, we made sure that we made it really a collaborative thing. And so um, this book I'm really excited about. We published it last year and it's been doing very well. And yeah, uh, check that out. We all we also call it to vibe because we, me and him can decide on what music you should be listening to when you're when you're making these recipes. So he has his suggested album, and I have my suggested album for every recipe on there. So we're really trying to create a vibe. Yeah, it's really oh. cool. It's really cool. Oh, I'm, I'm no, super. I'm super even, you ain't even say that. Like I didn't even know that that was even an option. Like my mind just exploded <laughs> right there. Like crazy <laughs> yeah. explosion. So yeah, this thing really is cool. a vibe cookbook. Because not only can you learn how to cook for those who are unable to do so, um, but you can learn how to cook and have a vibe. And I'm assuming there's pairings of wine in it too. So every so there's 16 recipes. There is two to three pairings with every recipe in the book, and we have his album and my album for every single uh, recipe there. And so we're really and we have people of color in the book. And it's I mean it's. This was a fun project. It was a really, with Armando, he's an amazing chef. It was, he made it really easy because he's a hard worker like I am. And so it just was really easy. We knocked it out in a year. So we really just kind of started to knock the whole thing, like from uh, photos to everything, editing, all that stuff was all done in a year. So super excited about that. And then I also have, just because, before we get off, I have a really, I'm publishing another author's book uh, into this week. I think we're either we're probably going to be publishing it this Saturday, and um, his name is Jafari Joseph, and the name of it is uh, Valley of Hearts Delight. He's my first nonfiction author that I'm publishing, so I'm really excited about this. Uh, he's a brother out of San Jose. He's kind of giving a coming of age story of the, uh, from the perspective of a brother coming out of the South Bank in California. So it's going to be really interesting. I'm looking forward to people checking that out. I will be putting way more marketing into it, uh, but. Uh, right now, we're kind of doing baby steps before we really go wild with well, it. Well, so. I'm here to help market because I want that. <laughs> I'm here for it. I feel like I want I want that. So <laughs> tell me more. I'm here putting on page two. So I appreciate that. A copy of it. I want a copy. So let me. Know. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you, and I can't wait to have you back. Thank and I can't wait to come to California and meet you in person with the little man lady and wine in a cup. Yes. Thank you so much for even having me on your platform. I really